Good evening and welcome to the Pompey Politics Podcast. I'm Ian Tiny Morris. And I'm Simon Sandsbury. And we're back from outer space. Well, not really, but just from our Christmas bleak poorliness sabbatical and ready to go with a new year of fun and or frolics in the world of local and national politics. It's probably too late to wish anybody a happy new year, but let's hope everyone's new year is proving positive 15 days in. Yeah, um, although it quite clearly isn't for some people, which we'll get to in a minute. Mm, indeed. Yeah, quite a lot. Is it? It's one of those things when we take a break, either nothing happens and we turn up and go, we're going to carry on, or the world yeah. of politics goes upside down in all sorts of directions. And um, I guess probably over last year, the majority of it was, was kind of at a national level, but uh, we're starting the new year with a, a, a fairly seismic event in in Portsmouth politics. Um, yeah, in, indeed. Much as a, um, a shock, well, there's, there's been kind of a, a precipitation of, of, of a suspension of one um, Labour councillor, then a deselection of, a, of another, um, and, um, and then their expulsion. Um, and, that's, um, and that's basically repeated guest of the, of the show, Councillor Cal Corkery from Charles Dickens Ward. So, um, yeah, there seems to be a bit of a things don't seem to be all quiet on the home front um for them. yeah and cal has you know cal has been very generous with his time to the podcast and his politics is very different to ours but um you know he's always come across as um as a uh, as a very committed local councillor it's very clear he's got the respect of his residents um so shall i attempt to sum up the sort of first part of the story or better still have you got um uh, it, it was I've, Cal that broke the news officially, although because we have our networks and our spies everywhere, we had probably picked this up. Oh, oh. Don't laugh. Um, networks oh, oh, and our spies. Um, yeah, okay. Um, we, we, we do not have a network and we do not have spies, just to, just to clarify that for anybody. Um, no, um, but if don't you've got, wink. No. Um, nudge, nudge, wink, wink, um, and we we don't we don't trade in gossip, but um, but yeah, well, to give you kind of like the the full timeline, um, it really actually it goes back to April two thousand and eighteen um, in Charles Dickens, when um, when a short while before the before the the actual vote of the local election, um, Claire Rudy left the Labour Party, um, but that was too late to be amended on the ballots, um, and they're going on to win the seat. Um, as an independent, and then uh, went on to form the Progressive Portsmouth People Group in September 2019 with ex-Lib Dem uh, Councillor Jeanette Smith. Um, in November 2018, the then sitting councillor, one of the other sit uh, sitting councillors uh, for Labour in uh, Charles Dickens, Yaya um, Chowdhury, um, was deselected in favour of Cal um, uh, to be the candidate for 2019. Um, Cal, obviously, as we all know, went on to win in the seat um, and then followed in successive years by uh, Kirsty Meller and Yinka Adenaran. In December, just gone? Hmm? Yep. Oh, sorry. Quite oh. a stir at the time, wasn't wasn't there? In terms yeah, there was, of there's, the... there's been quite a bit of a stir. So um, it's, I, I, I don't know, but I mean, Charles Dickens is, Charles Dickens has one that has the lowest turnout in local elections of any ward in the city. Um, and, and I guess, um, he, you know, if you're a hardworking, um, uh, community campaigner or a hardworking local councillor and, and to have this sort of thing happening, this, this kind of doesn't help with countering the disengagement of, of people in local politics, does it? But in, um, in December, uh, December, uh, 2022, so that's last December, sorry, that just stopped in my head then for a minute because I can't get used to it being last year. Uh, Labour yep. councillor for St Jude Ward, Judith Smythe, was, is suspended by the Labour Party whilst a complaint against her is investigated. Uh, the then group leader, uh, councillor Cal Corkery, uh, gave her his and the, and the local party's full backing. Um, and then on the 9th of January, 
Cal uh, announced on his Facebook page that he'd been deselected as the candidate for Charles Dickens, uh, citing that um, some of the things that he'd cited, and I can I can go through some of the posts in it in a second that he's mm. kind of made. That he's citing that he was um, one of the things that was used as part of um, that being looked into was him being arrested in a protest against the the decision to prorogue Parliament, um, but he was unarrested without any without any charge. Um, and um, a Facebook post that he'd liked in 2017 um, and his former 16. position... Oh, sorry, 2016, beg your pardon. Um, and his former position as chair of the city's Momentum Group had all been used by the regional governing body, that's the Southeast Labour Party, as reasons to uh, to deselect him. And then yesterday, uh, Cal posted that he'd actually been expelled from the, from the Labour Party. So no one can say it better than Cal can. So shall I read... I'll abridge his post from the 9th of January, but the one on the 14th, I think is best read in full. I think, I, I think so. I think it would be appropriate to, to uh, and again, just so that people are aware, you know, we have him, we had invited Cal onto the show. Um, I think, you know, Cal was very honest with us that, that everything is very raw at the moment. So uh, now probably isn't the best time for, for him to talk to us and to you about it. But um, we are hopeful that in time we will get, Cal back on the show and um, and he can give us some more of the inside steer. But in the interim, you get to read the words. Yeah, in indeed. So um, let me just uh, pop those up. Um, and then I shall, yeah, so the, the one in January, and these are all, um, these are on Cal's Facebook page. So, um, but um, yeah, his one from the, um, from about a week ago, um, talks about the grounds uh, for blocking him were from re-standing really appear particularly weak. The reasons given were being arrested at a peaceful protest against Boris Johnson's illegal prorogation of Parliament, despite being released without charge, liking an innocuous Facebook post in 2016 from a group which would go on to be prescribed by the party five years later and having previously been chair of the local momentum group. Uh, this seems to be part of a national trend within the Labour Party where, whereby socialists and trade unionists are denied the opportunity to stand for selection as election candidates on spurious grounds. I believe the best chance we have to, for getting the Tories out and really changing this country for the better lies in a united and diverse Labour Party which represents the broad church of our movement. Being elected as a local councillor for the area I live in is, it was an incredible privilege and I'm proud of what we have achieved. In Charles Dickens' ward, we have supported hundreds of residents with local issues, in particular with a large number of housing problems, helping people to stand up for their rights to a, uh, to a decent, safe and affordable place to call home. I'm proud of the strong relationships our team in Charles Dickens has built with residents and community groups, which I, which I know will have a lasting impact. I was an actor, and he goes on to say, I was an active community and housing campaigner and trade union as well before I was elected to the council. I look forward to continuing to play my part in fighting for a better world after my term on the council comes to an end. Um, and that's signed off by, as Councillor Cal Corkery in January uh, 2023. So, uh, yes, we kind of lays out his his side of the of the story there, doesn't he? Um, and makes that makes that really really clear. And then yesterday. Um, yep. He went on with a with a follow up post. Remarkably, just days after announcing, I've been blocked from restanding as a Labour councillor, and suggesting this could be part of a trend against socialists and trade unionists. I have now received notice of immediate expulsion. The sole reason used to terminate my membership, my, my Labour membership, is that in 2016 I shared an innocuous Facebook post and liked the page which posted it. Although part of the Labour Party at that time, the group the page belonged to would go on to be prescribed in 2021. That means it's been banned by the yeah. by the yeah. party organisation. Um, principles of natural justice and procedural fairness ordinarily require that a rule cannot be broken which didn't exist at the time. Apparently not in today's Labour Party. I am proud of my time in the Labour Party, of the many people we've helped in our area and of the socialist and trade union causes we've furthered. I walk away with my head how high and principles intact. I'm now considering all options available to me onwards and upwards to the next challenge. So that was, uh, those are posts from uh, Councillor Cal Cork. Mm. So yeah, obviously um, a, a lot happening that week. And as you said, that's going to be a very, very raw and painful thing um, for someone as passionate and committed to 
um, to helping his his residents and indeed to his movement as, as Calis. That's um, yeah, well, it's incredible. Uh, it's incredible, isn't yeah. it? Uh, I mean, yeah, I I think you know there has been discussions on social media, and it is it is understandable that you know th this is going to cause a, a shudder through the local political landscape. You know, if we go back to you know when Cal was selected, you know that there was a there was a, a, a um you know it was coming off the back of the sort of you know the 2017 election had seen you know Theresa May's majority crumble there was a lot of excitement around jeremy corbyn in the labor movement and you know lots of new members are joined based on on those policies you know you saw momentum gaining in strength and you saw the you know yaya was deselected and again we don't want to go into speculation and rumor um you know but there at the time there was you know, there was noise around that I think we, you know, we picked up on it was before we were podcasting that, you know, there was some there was some concern around, you know, how Yaya had had, you know, the workload he had taken on as a counsellor. So there was, you know, there was a there was a sort of story behind the story. Um, but for me, the, you know, there is then another dimension to this as we come into the 2019 election and that is the role of Stephen Morgan MP. So, you know, we've talked about Stephen before being a, a former Charles Dickens, um, a former Charles Dickens councillor. And at the time mm -hmm. he was elected, you know, in 2019, he was still a, um, you know, a sitting councillor. Um, but the interesting thing about, um, about Stephen was that in his 2019 campaign, he very much stepped away from the momentum Corbyn very traditional socialist values and ran his campaign on a much more centrist standpoint with massive activist support from you know the likes of Cal and, and the folk around at that time and was one of almost very few Labour MPs to massively increase his majority so I think when we looked from the outside, as we do, we felt there was always an inherent tension between, shall we say, a grassroots movement that were perhaps more to the left of the Labour movement and a very successful MP who perhaps sat more in the centre ground. But I think, you know, again, I can only speak for myself. I, I thought that natural tension had sort of settled itself and everybody was getting along for the quote unquote good of labor um yeah it's it's a it's a strange thing i mean uh, um and mark in the in the comments kind of questions why there's no official statement from you know from the, from the labor party so it's it do, it does seem like a big step to take place without there being any kind of official announcement i mean perhaps that's I don't know whether that's to do with the, the with the, to do with the timing or, or whatever. But it you know at the end of the day, well, every party has 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 a broad church of a coalition effectively of people at people perhaps in slight in d different places and some uh, uh, some uh, are kind of right to the end edges of of, of those kind of places. But it, it does it, I don't know it just it just seems kind of odd. But well, they are one they are at the end of the day the. The you know any political party can mean different things to different people, mm. but in order to in order to in order to have electoral success, you need to motivate and mobilise all of those people, regardless of where they are, perhaps on that spectrum within the party, to to be able to mobilise, to be able to campaign, to be able to um, deliver leaflets, to be able to canvass, to be able to you know, even just to get you even just to get you decent candidates. Um, mm. You need all of those things to happen, and I just—I I don't know—it—it it, it seems an odd thing to to have such well, a internal. I don't want to use the word battle, but some you know this this sort of and it—I don't know—the last five years seem to have been a flip flopping around of a 
of a similar sort of thing. And I thought those days had gone where actually that had kind of mm. been resolved and we'd, we'd moved on perhaps from the, you know, the Corbyn era, era and although Starmer's era is obviously much more of a centrist movement, uh, but nonetheless, there was still a home for people on the left of the party um, well, because without them, what is it? Yeah, and, and I think, you know, when you talk about the official statement, it popped up on my feed today. But at 5.30 yesterday afternoon, which was after Cal had announced his resignation, you know, Portsmouth Labour were posting photos of our hardworking local campaigners from the Charles Dickens ward, mm. you know, Kirsty Yinker and Cal Corkery. And I kind of scratched my head a little bit was, yeah, you know, look at this hardworking councillor that we first deselected and then threw out of the organisation. Um, it, it didn't seem to me to be a very consistent message. And I think, you know, it, 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 I mean, it asks a much bigger question about nationally, you know, because, and I saw this about a year ago, there were some people, and bear in mind, you know, my political position is not unknown to people. I saw some people who I thought were on the very far left who were saying, oh, it's which aren't, you know, there's no room for socialists in the Labour Party. They throw me out. And I thought, well, yeah, you're, you're a bit extremist for my taste. So, you know, I can perhaps see why, you know, the, 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 the National Labour Party might have gone that far. But for me, a principled socialist, trade unionist, campaigner, hardworking councillor who isn't, you know, who isn't at those extreme ends, if there's no room for him in the Labour Party, who are the Labour Party? And I, and I think there's such a crisis of identity. I, I'm, I'm stunned. Yeah, it, it, it does make it hard. And I mean, obviously, both, both of us. I mean, you historically, many, many years gone by, were a member of the of the party. But yes, um, yep. I'm not. Um, we both have political views that. To varying distant, uh, very to varying levels, are a, are a distance away from the from the Labour Party. I would describe myself. I'm a, I'm a I'm a Lib Dem, but I would describe probably myself as more of a democratic socialist than um, than than probably even probably members within my own party. But to see, oh, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I just find it personally. I'm just you know personally. I want nothing more than the than the next general election to resolve in the Tories losing power for some quite considerable time um and um for there to be a, a you know sensible government that actually looks after that looks after the country you know obviously you and I differ on who we think should be best at that and about how that should be done but i don't know i'm i, I start to worry about whether we're heading to another 1992 if 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 this is the sort of battle that is to come or that is going on within for the heart and soul of the party that supposedly is about to be is supposedly ready for government then mm. that that worries me if i'm honest i don't know what our viewers think i i, I yeah i mean i think it, it uh, and again there's there's a thread for those that that want to engage on portsmouth politics that i kind of threw out there today because it it, it troubles me that, you know, if people who are genuinely interested and believe something, and it almost doesn't matter what the something is, if there's no room for them in the two largest parties, then, you know, we're, we're trying to, we're trying to, one thing we can all agree on is that we want people to, to, to care and to vote. And I think that's where, you know, if I look at somewhere like Charles Dickens, and again, I don't want to tar, tar everybody with the same brush, but there is a feeling that it, you look, you've only got to look at the turnout each year to say that the majority, you know, 80% of Charles Dickens' residents do not care enough to go and place a vote. And I, I worry that the the person for whom I've seen, you know, who who you know they have voted for and from all that i see from charles dickens residents they are very happy with his support if the major parties start to deny them the option to vote for their or try and deny them their vote 
right to vote for their local political representative. Well, I won't bother then. Well, um, yeah, I, I mean, I will, I will aside, despite my comment earlier on about the low turnout in Charles Dickens, I don't know how much of that is impacted by, because most of the, the the large scale student accommodation in the city sits within yeah. that ward. And it might be that their turnout percentage is low if if actually those students are indeed registered to vote and just don't bother. So that, that might, it might, it might yeah. mean that the actual, um, um, the full-time residents, if I can use that or that term, um, might yeah. might not be the the kind of cause of the kind of that that drop in the demographic. But it's I, yeah, I, I don't know. I I worry about, and that's the thing. And you you hear people talking about, um, actually these this is kind of the you know is this an output? If if we didn't have first past the post, if we had PR, then actually both both of our major parties would at least split into two parties each, because they're quite clearly is such a broad church that they're that perhaps at times it causes them both issues um and, yep. and whether that would then actually lead to an open coalition of what actually what policies are and work um rather than that, that effectively being an internal thing for um for parties to deal with um i'm just going to have a um, I'm just going to have a, a look to a couple of quotes. So we've got Mark um, saying in, yeah. in the comments that Keir was described as ruthless by Laura Kunzberg on BBC this morning. Is this a decision in the same mould? A firm vision to win the 50-something-year-old white man vote who voted for Brexit and wouldn't see Cal as a kindred spirit. Do you chaps think Keir is ruthless? Well, Are Labour really moving right? I think he means to the right. Is this even linked? Um, and, and then we have a um, we have a, a another Facebook user who who basically says that Charles Dickens they, they live in Charles Dickens and it, <clears throat> they use different words, but they say it's not a, not a nice place. Um, so, um, to Mark's point, what do you y- think of y- that? Well, I'm a I'm a 50 year old white man. Yes, am I'm I. 52, <laughs> and uh, but I'm not the leader uh, and, of the leader of the Labour Party, and nor are you. <laughs> No, no, but I guess the question is, I, you know, again, uh, I, uh, you know, am I a Brexit supporter? No, I would have preferred Remain, but I was happy to get behind Brexit once the vote was cast. So is Sir Keir Starmer looking for my vote? I, if he is, he's going to have to look a bit harder because I think the point that he, if he's missed anything, he's missed the fact that, that, you know, I value integrity. And integrity means that I don't have to agree with you. I don't have to have the same views as you. But I respect your right to have them and to take part in a democratic process. So there's an element of, you know, again, he'd have to go a lot further to get my vote. And and it's interesting, you know, Cal is a very strong trade unionist in, you know, regularly appears on picket lines you know showing solidarity you know Keir would have to go so far away from the Labour Party's traditional relationship with the trade unions to get my vote there wouldn't be a Labour Party left because that's where all their money comes from well that's the thing if you're I mean parties win elections by successfully appealing to a broad base and that's that broad base is statistically in in the center because that's to be honest where most people are because you're not that distant from even if there are some things that you're talking about they disagree with they're not that extreme to be enough to put them off of the, the parts of your policies that they agree with yep. um if he's trying to catch lightning in a bottle and do what do what johnson did john he's not going to be able to do that because johnson was was does what Johnson does, um, was able to sell completely different things to different people. He was a, you know, he's a really, really effective campaigner, but he was able to tell, you know, the people in the red wall seats, one, one set of things, the people in London, something, something kind of completely different. Um, and all of these things mm. were, you know, t- depending on how much you support or agree with him as to whether those were sound bites and, um, or even honest. Keir's not going to be able to do that. So, in in that sense, he's already kind of he's already trying to roller skate with only ones with only one set of skates, um, because it, against well, that I, sort of populism, an... anything that he does is going to look boring, is going to look really kind of boring. But this is this is this is the different thing. This isn't you don't have any policies. What are you actually standing for? This is almost a who are your friends? 
Well, and that's that's the piece for me. I don't I, in this if this is the tone of the Labour Party, I don't think it's ruthless. I think it's feckless, and and it actually goes back to, you know, it, it's a different group to turn on. I I thought that the Labour Party's disdain for the Brexit voter in their red wall seats of they're stupid, they're ignorant, they're racists, they'll come back, they'll come back, um, and we'll keep telling them they're stupid until they do. Well, that failed spectacularly. The fact is that if you are a left of socialist and trade unionist, why would you pick a fight with that group? I, I get if there are real extremists, you know, the anti-Semitism question or, or, you know, extreme far left. Yes, you've got to root that out. But that's a world of difference to to purging yourself of your core baseline demographic of quote unquote working class trade union supporting socialists. You, you, yeah, I don't understand why you'd stick your thumb in your mate's eye. Um, indeed, um, and that's a question I guess that goes to the to the heart of that. So, as the year goes on, we'll um, and, and as we've said, we we've invited Cal to come on and, and have his say, um, if and when there's at some point in the future where he feels that's not as raw um, and it's something that that he'd, he'd like to talk about. Um, but it's not, you know, this issue isn't going to isn't going away. And indeed, obviously, uh, Councillor nope. Smythe is is still suspended with, you know, with that investigation either ongoing or, or pending. Yep. So there'll be the outcome of that to deal with. It just seems that at a time where last year Labour gained seats in the local elections um, and seemed to be making progress after, to be, what, to be honest with you, what seemed like years of perhaps slow gains. Would, would would I say um, Stag mostly stagnation? Yeah, or, yeah, or, stag or stagnation. To then last year they had a really good, uh, you know, a, a good year. Let, yeah, let's be honest, we can all count, we could all see how, how well they did last year. Yep. But then to the to this year, despite the local, you know, the Tory party locally as they did last year, um, feeling the effect of disaffection for the national Conservative government, um, likely to um, likely to feel, you know, likely to have the same. Uh, of the same gonna help. same thing directed at them from the from the local public um and with several of their kind of key campaigners and their key councillors deciding to stand down this time you, you'd have thought now if anything would be the time where you might start to see the perhaps the tour is possible numerically that the, the, the tories shrink back to the point that you and if the labor ma labor party has made enough gain make enough gains in may that they become the official opposition in portsmouth um, thing, could have happened. Things like that, well, the, the way it could have happened, but it doesn't look like it in a minute, does it? Can't, can't, can't see it happening now. No, and and again, I think there's there's more of it to come as we get into the run into the hustings and and the local elections in May. It will be very interesting to see whether Cal appears on a ballot paper anywhere, um, what it says to the right of his name, and and. Obviously, Cal has, you know, it's very, it's been very clear to us that, you know, Cal has been very supportive, encouraging in that sort of coaching, mentoring role to other candidates who are now councillors. Mm -hmm. And, you know, again, a, a thought for them, they must be absolutely torn um, between the, the loyalty to somebody who's been very supportive of them and the, the party that has effectively thrown their best mate into the street. So... Yeah. You know, again, uh, we won't go into that in any detail, but but our thoughts are with them because it's it, it well, what a bloody mess. It's a bit um, it's a bit shit. You know, again, it? It's not great. It's not great. So shall we shall we veer quickly mm -hmm. from uh, from local shenanigonry to uh, your friend and mine in in theory the lovable Rishi and his five things, his promises, um, promises, commitments, pledges, pledges. Um, it depends on who you listen to and and 
how, as to how they describe it. But these were the these were the five uh, pledges. So, do you want me to read them out? Building building blocks for the future. <laughs> or is that is I that the, is that the phrase that we're going for that. now? Okay, so he's buying loads of Lego. I think so. I, I think there is an element of Lego, or possibly Duplo bricks. So a duplicitous is that a thing? Duplicitous, duplicitous. I, I see. Yeah, I, you've really, really stretched that. But that was yeah. that was good. I give you, I give you points for that. So, so pledge. I've got, I've got them here in oh, front you got of them. me. Okay. Yeah. So pledge one is to half inflation by the end of the year. So inflation peaking at around ten point seven percent. Let's be honest. Everyone's hated it. Cost of living rocketing painful for everyone um looking to half it and looking to head back towards the target of two percent which is what the bank of england were tasked with doing i'm not sure they're going to get too many bonuses this year so so that's played it almost sounds like bully's prize board um so in one half inflation in one i think everybody would everyone would like that I don't think anybody there's anybody that isn't in favour of that. Um, mm. the, the the question is, um, how much of this is here because your predecessor basically took a magic eight ball to government policy and took a torch to the economy in the process of doing it, making a bad situation really really worse. Um, and. Yeah, I, d- I don't know. Aren't, aren't these things, isn't this meant to be happening by the end of the year anyway? Well, and that's the, and again, it's an interesting one, isn't it? Because inflation is one of these things where we need a fully trained economist on. Because the fact is that, it, you know, everyone's, or inflation globally rocketed. And, and you know, again, you, you there are factors in play to that. Um, you know, for some people, it will be all about, brexit for others it will be you know liz was already key, always keen to talk about vladimir and you know for others it will be her economic policy but it was big it should be smaller i think we're all good with that but as to whether it's you know well, well i'm going to make you a steadfast promise that the sun will rise tomorrow um maybe that was going to happen anyway so let's move on to two so two is growing the economy now this was liz's big thing kind of linked to leveling up and as you know um liz and uh and who was her chap the I've, i think quasi I've his name from my mind quasi quarting the mad chancellor he said i'll tell you what we'll do we'll mortgage the house and we'll stick it all on red and the the markets i don't think were keen on that growth strategy um and as we know, that all failed spectacularly. So growing the economy all sounds good. Unfortunately, the OBR, the Office of Budget Responsibility, suggests that this year the, the, the we're actually going to be in a bit of a recession, that things are going to contract by 1.4% and that unemployment could rise by as much as half a million. So if the first one was a kind of gimme, um, this second one feels a little bit... Um, a little bit aspirational that's the kind word isn't it um is that a euphemism for just made up well it's it's a little bit of a we'll we'll, we'll get to the end of five and we'll, we'll look at them in, in the high <laughs> we'll look at them in the round so yeah. uh so exactly number three is national debt falling oh or to a fiscal conservative what brings a tear to my eye National debt falling. Oh, it's, I'd love a bit of that. I guess my only nervousness as the fiscal conservative in the room is Rishi's track record on fiduciary prudence. It's not, it's not cast iron, is it? Um, he was perhaps a bit more well, loose with his financial position. Um, I know we take we take different views. I th- I think a lot of the things that he did during uh, during the COVID pandemic were things that the government needed to do in a, in a time of crisis. I know they're things that naturally don't sit with with necessarily things that you agree with. The things that I took issue with were basically the the utter lack of control and the 
um, and the kind of the backdoor priority routes of the um, you know the basically the contracts to the mates with no with no experience in in the business kind of things is that it's basically just the mismanagement of effectively just pouring billions of pounds of money um, on ineffective PPE down the drain that's now either got to be dumped or burned so it's those those are things kind of I take issue with but it's so in, in that kind of respect, it's almost like to his home crowd, he's a guy that gives away loads of money from the government, which isn't something that plays well with his home crowd. To everybody else, he's just a rich guy that looks after rich guys. So it's it, it's kind of like, who's his target mm. audience and who's actually gonna who's actually gonna like it? Well, and that's your thing, isn't it? You know, again, if I kind of if I look at it, you know, the furlough scheme which we touched on before, you know, mm. I get it in terms of supporting proper human beings in their house, paying their bills and feeding their families. That bit I get. I actually get the arse when really big corporations or medium-sized corporations have taken £20 million worth of government money for the furlough scheme and at the end of the year declare a £20 million profit. Well, hang about. I know where that twenty million pound came from, and so it's that kind of lack of of financial control that troubles me. And I guess whilst it might get me excited because I love a bit of a, a bit of tight fiscal prudence, with the general electorate, the all times is hard. We're going to have to not spend money and be a bit. Ooh, I can't see that winning too many votes. No, I don't, I don't think after after COVID and then after a period of high inflation, us suddenly saying mm, we need to trim the purse strings a bit um, or we need to trim the purse strings a lot. Um, yeah, that's not exactly going to get people flocking to their polling station with their photo ID. Um, oh, so. But the next one, everyone's going to love this. Everyone's going to love this. Falling NHS waiting lists. Well, yeah, I mean, to be fair, none of these are things that you would see any politician campaigning against <laughs> there there isn't any and this is the thing that i found strange is there is there is no politician out there that is going to campaign about increasing inflation or about not growing the economy or about increasing our debt or campaigning to increase our debt or campaigning to increase waiting lists or indeed to increase the number of small boats these to me they don't i i don't know to me they they seem like the sort of things I see in I've seen throughout the course of my working life in project meetings that mean absolutely jackal don't ever bloody happen, and the person that was responsible Ooh. wants you to forget by the time you come round to realising that they haven't done the things that they said they were going to do. Crumbs, so cynical in one so long. I know. Good lord. Um. So uh, yeah, so the, the waiting is coming down. I, you know, I think for balance, there, there, there was an element of, you know, the, and I think we might hear from Rishi in a minute. He's not a guest, but um, <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah, we, anyway. we've got. Um, <laughs> the, there's a there's a little bit back to number one that the 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 two year waiters are gone and the eighteen month waiters are coming down mm -hmm. and the twelve month waiters will be. So so there is a little bit of of we're going to claim victory for the stuff that we might just have happened anyway. And there was some, you know, again, I don't think it's any secret to say that there are staff shortages and pretty low morale in, you know, the front line of the NHS at the moment. And the, 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 the sort of structured policy to address that would, um, that, that's not been forthcoming yet, which brings us to number five. Oh, oh, if you're a telegraph or daily mail reader, Stop the boats. Um, oh, 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 that's playing to that comb crowd, isn't it? Yeah, it, it, a, is, it is. That's a clarion call to Middle England. It's playing to a particular type of ear. I, I mean, I'll and I'll quote um, Mark Coates, who says in our in our comments that he says um, the Tories have lost their um, economical prudence label. And one to three are all about sewing it back on. Um, you might as well say we've fixed the mistakes we have made. The NHS is quite the challenge. Um, I'm not sure what he talks about. Lee Anderson had an interesting and insane idea about not letting doctors leave the country. And finally, five is unlikely to be ethical. Braverman is a loose cannon and could endanger even safe seats, ultimately about getting the UKIP stroke um, reform vote. So it's not kind of getting him. Um, Raymond says um, he will be lucky to get one out of five. So I don't know how many star reviews he's likely to get on Amazon, but... 
Yeah. It's it's not looking great for him. And and to be fair, the whole thrust of the stop the boats is is still on the well, once we take them out of the boat, we'll stick them on another boat, we'll stick them in a plane and we'll send them somewhere else. Um, which as we touched on when we looked at the whole um you know, the whole policy of uh, Pretty Patel and the we've got these these jumbo jets lined up to fill with people and uh i had didn't bother to look whether any have actually ever left rwanda but i think the, you know, I, think I think the plane might have left it just didn't have any passengers on it any passengers on it no so so if you know again you, you've got to look at it in the round but i think it comes to to something we touched on earlier in the podcast which is you've got no money to give away it, it, you, your predecessor tried the the wacky economic approach of, you know, let's go all in and, and take a high risk strategy for growth um, that crashed and burned. So I guess the question for Rishi is kind of what was he ever going to stand up and say that was going to get anybody excited? Um, I don't, I don't, so I don't know. And it so, would appear that, yes. that, that Ray, Raymond and Mark haven't been moved, but I'm, I'm, I'm. I'm not sure I was expecting them to. Yeah, the key. The key. Th- the key thing for me, and the, and it kind of speaks to what Mark's point was. Was um. Was that um. Was really that, to me, a party that that prides itself on understand or understanding or, or being supporters of the idea of a free market and a free market economy, and that there are market based solutions. They 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 don't understand how the market works. The, the reason why there are people coming across the boats is supply and demand. There is a demand. You can't just cut off the supply and expect the demand to go away. That's what happened when they dealt with the trucks and dealt with the uh, the camp at Calais because the demand was still there. All they've done is actually increase the demand, if anything, by closing down all of the legal routes of processing people. But their approach is the same with drugs. Their approach is the same with house building. Their approach is the same with um, staff in the NHS. It's all about supply and demand. If you if you don't create supply while there's demand, you have problems. If you don't have demand, if you you know at the end of the day, you've got to you've got to deal with both of those things. Otherwise, you're effectively not a not a good retailer, are you? Because you can't sell things you haven't got, and you're not going to make any money selling things that no. no one wants. So, I no, I just think that it's a. You're sorry, you guys are the master of the economy, but you don't get the fact that supply and demand is a key thing with the housing crisis, or 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 even or even a key part of of all of the other things that I've mentioned. But you can go on about well, if if nurses don't like the amount that they get paid, they can go away and get a different job. And when they do, you'll then complain that we haven't got any nurses. Well, that's because you told them to bugger off and get yeah. a job in Lidl. What what did you expect yeah. to happen? They can't they can't well, feed their kids on I mean, claps on a Thursday night. Sorry, I'm going off on one. Yeah. No, and 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 to be fair, that's a whole other show. It is indeed. Should we? Yeah, in terms of kind of where that's at. But you know, Rishi set out his 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 five um, building blocks of the future. Should we give him? Should we give him the final word on this one? Yeah, just a quick one. Though Mark said, Mark asked us, um, do we think that Reform UK or whatever they're called this week um, are actually a threat to Rishi? What do we think? No, no, no. And to be fair, uh, in the same way that, that, you know, again, I could ask that and not in the same way. So I'm not being playful for comic effect. I don't think the Lib Dems are a threat to Labour. I think the prob. I think the, the, the challenge, and there's, a, there's another whole show in this, is that, you know, e- even if Labour go and shoot all the trade unionists, those people aren't going to go to the Lib Dems. They might go to the Greens, but the problem that we've got at the moment with the with, you know, is only going to be a Labour or a Conservative government next time out. And if it has to be a coalition, um, don't use the C you know, word. Then the well, and that's 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 the thing, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. You know, the the and again, I've I've always taken that view that the Lib Dems when they were in coalition, put the brakes on a lot of the more extreme conservative position. They got through an awful lot of what they, you know, of socially progressive arrangements. 
and the electorates beat them to death over tuition fees, which are an absolute abstract nonsense because the vast majority of people will never repay them. But, you know, that, that, was, that was enough for the Lib Dems to get massacred. So reform, what are they going to do? They'll make some noise. I'm sure there's some areas where they might take votes off the Tories. But I think they're going to be another irrelevance. They'll be like there's been before, won't they? There's been, there's been, there's been pockets of 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 parties on the right end of right, probably back to the seventies. Um, they'll come and they'll go. That's my view. Okay, well they'll go far, and the sooner and the further the better. Um, so um, right, let's let's hear what Rishi had to say. And this was part of the basically the press conference that was the end of his speech announcing the the five key pledges stroke targets stroke goals stroke wishes um and the this um excerpt comes on the back of his um of his uh, of a question that was a question that was asked of him by Gary Gibbon of Channel 4 News. So let me just um, let me just play it and see what people My think. My expectation is that we will be able to half the rate of inflation by the end of this year. Uh, on our path, by the way, to restoring inflation back to where it belongs, which is 2% inflation target that we set the Bank of England. You know, but I'm keen to deliver on the plans that we've set out that we'll see inflation halving, as I said, by the end of this year. And at the same time, I'd like the economy to be growing by then as well. So those two goals are both for this year. In terms of debt falling, we already have got plans in place to make sure that debt does fall in the medium term. The key is sticking to those and making sure that we have the discipline uh, to do so, because that's not always easy, but it's the right thing to do to secure the future of public services and indeed to combat inflation. Uh, And then regard to NHS waiting times. So last year, we practically eliminated people waiting over two years uh, because of the plans that we've put in place that increase the amount of elective activity we have that I talked a little bit about uh, we will you know we are on track to eliminate the waits for one and a half years practically by about April of this year and by spring of next year we will have practically have eliminated those waiting over a year with the overall waiting list falling and then lastly we're keen to introduce legislation as soon as practically possible ultimately parliament uh, decides how long it takes to pass that legislation um, but in all of these things look, I, you know i've deliberately not put a specific month on on each of them because i don't think that's responsible or or the right thing to do with with goals that are so complicated where many of the forces that will impact our ability to hit them are, are out of my control as well yeah so, hmm. Mm. We'll we'll move on. <laughs> Don't know how inspiring. Yeah, I think so. That. You know, it. I think it's been. Uh, I think it's where we were at, wasn't yeah. it? You know, some are going to be easy, some are going to be hard, and I'm not promising anything. So, um, yeah, it's a, it's a it's a it's a building block. It's a foundation. Every journey begins, and all that, and other such trite arrangements. So we're on to. It's only January. Yes, but the run into May. Wow. Yes, it's it's full on, isn't it? Yeah. So we sat down um, and planned out um, and planned out basically our our spring season. And I know this might come as a shock to people, but occasionally we do actually plan the shows. Um, so we looked at basically counting back from May the fourth. Um, which is when the local elections are this year. And no, you cannot go to the polling station with your lightsaber. Um, And basically, if we count back from that, bearing in mind that we usually need to spend about six or seven weeks doing hustings, some weeks, one a week, some weeks, two weeks, depending on how many many, uh, wards people are, uh, candidates are up for doing hustings. And just to say, again, like we've done in previous years, any ward where we've got at least two candidates that we can get to agree on a date, um, we'll do an online hustings uh, with them. Um, so that is there and we'll be contacting the local parties and representatives in, um, shortly in order to basically open our door and, and start hopefully receiving invites and sorting those out. But when you kind of count backwards from then, uh, bearing in mind, I think we were trying to, hoping to do something different on the last Sunday before the, before the election. Mm. Um, so when you kind of count backwards and then you bear in mind that the Council's um, the budget is actually on the 28th of February. Um, so that's when Portsmouth City Council meet in full council to um, 
argue and then agree on what money is going to be spent on for the coming financial year. That's the 23-24 financial year. And and therefore also what the council tax is going to be. Um, Once you kind of remove that, you only actually have about a week or two between between the budget taking place um, and that seven-week period, that six- or seven-week period. Um, And also for some of those weeks, for some of those weeks, um, it will be before the close of nominations. So that's the deadline by which um, parties or individuals have to submit their application to be a candidate in the local elections. That's 4 p.m. on the 4th of April. So it's actually quite a tight kind of time scale when you kind of slide down. And we literally, we've only got five weeks until the budget. So um, mm. we worked that out and thought, oh, hang on a minute. Pretty much the first part of this year pretty much like actually other years is also um is basically going to be a countdown to the to the locals some other kind of you know the other key event the kind of key things that we'd want to talk about in that period of time there's going to be a change to voter voter um voter requirements when you go to the the polling station so when you vote in person um, normally you don't even need to take your polling card but if you, you can if you want but from this year you'll also need to take a form of photo id and we're going to do a show about that um, and about making sure that people know what they yep. need to take, because otherwise you will get turned away and you won't be able to vote unless you go back with your photo ID. Um, and also, sadly, the twenty fourth of uh, the twenty fourth of February is also going to be the one year anniversary of Putin's invasion of Ukraine. So we'll be visiting that um, and inviting um, inviting Paul Flendley back on the, uh, back on the show to um, to give his expertise. But we'll also be inviting. Um, any local groups that have been um, doing things to support um, the people in Ukraine, uh, but also if there's any um, any Ukraine refugees that are uh, living in Portsmouth or in the area that, that wanted to come on and share their experiences, we'd 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 love to hear from them. Um, so yeah, we've got a packed a packed year. Yeah, and and, half and, year. and I think it's interesting <laughs> half year. The other thing that's just struck me as you've been reading that out is obviously historically, whilst the twenty eighth is the grand gathering of the clans to vote the Lib Dem budget through, mm-hmm. and there's usually a lot of hearing and whoring, uh, but most of the real stuff's been done amongst the group leaders in smoke filled darkened rooms prior to that. I mean, there won't be smoke filled because no one's allowed to smoke in council premises. No, no. Um, but um, nor to use a vape machine or a smoke machine. Um, but I, I get the imagery that you're going for. Yep. But it, 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 yeah, I mean, don't forget last year, um, wasn't it basically there was a last minute amendment that was put forward by, um, I forget who it was on the Lib Dem side, but on the Labour side, it was Graham Heaney. Uh, basically that, that effectively allowed the allowed the budget to go through and be kind of voted for and that seemed to come out of the blue for some people and there seemed to be a bit of a stir about that so it will be interesting because obviously cost of living and inflationary rises are going to be impacting the council and their workforce so they're going to be wanting to, they're going to be um, facing um, increasing pay demands um, for for their workforce and indeed for their for their subcontractors they're going to feel exactly the same um, but at the same time there's also the issue of the price, you know, prices of things that they need to buy are going up. The money from central government is, you know, would still yeah. isn't, isn't kind of necessarily going up to to reflect that. Um, and you know, do they again put in a council tax pricing, you know, increase of the maximum amount they can do without have, have, having to have a referendum on it um, that they've done um, each year going back as far as I can remember for the last few years. I don't know, but it's a it's going to be a tricky but, one, and maybe that's where the point my, is. But I guess my observation is mm. there isn't a Labour group leader. Well, well, there will in it, there will be one. I don't know who though yet, but there will have to be one. So they'll, the, the council. So what? Uh, depending on what their standing orders for their own oh. group is, but they themselves will 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 vote a, another of their. Uh, basically one of their existing councillors um to be a leader of that group or whether that just de facto goes to whoever the deputy i don't i'm not sure actually who the who the current deputy is but but you know they'll need to do that but obviously without cows and without judith's votes because they they've got eight councillors nine eight i thought it was nine if we include 
So it's nine, so it's gone down to seven. So they're down to seven. They're down to seven. Mm. Um, and, and, and as I say, it, it would be very interesting to see whether whether every councillor stays in aligned to the party rather than the the people. Um, yeah. So so who knows? There could be. It's not beyond the wit of 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 possibility that there could be a Lib Dem group, a Conservative group, a Labour group a Portsmouth independence group and an independence independent group. An independent independent group. Yes. So, mm. yeah, we could... We could yeah. They would only need one one more to join forces with them. Um, I won't think there's, if Judith and Cal are aligned in the same way you touched on them early, the Portsmouth people, progressive people group, were a two-person group. Yeah, so that's the that's the thing is there's a difference um elect there's a difference in in kind of representation for having a group and a political party. Um mm. the difference being that if you're a group you're a grouping and so therefore that means that you get you get counted in regards to the apportionment of representation on uh, panels and committees within the council but the key distinction that um, and I'm sure there are others, so someone else is probably just about to school me and make me look really stupid. But the other key distinction is that political parties are able to access parts of the are able to access the closed part of the voter register. So other oh. organizations like um, well, basically any you know, for example, like an insurance company can pay to have access to the open register. So people that haven't that have registered to vote but have chosen not to remain on the open register won't be in that set of data political but political parties still get access to uh, and all the all the voter register says is who someone is what their voter id is and what what their address is um, in which ward in the city it doesn't, mm. doesn't tell you anything else um uh, um you know um, anything else at all so in that respect there's there's that kind of piece of information that you get how how many people that is of of the electoral role i don't know i, I haven't I haven't got data no. on it, but it, but it's yeah. There's that kind of distinction, but yes. Yeah, so there's a there's a lot there's a lot going on, um, but that voter ID thing. I think I don't know. That seems you know unless there's a lot of noise made about it between now and May, that's going to be quite a bloody shock to people on the day. Could 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 well be could well be. So I think we we've got plenty to cover. Um, again, thank you to everyone who's chipped in and contributed uh, on the comments. Um, you know, again, it's. It, I think we are. It's. It's all relatively tumultuous, um, and I think we're going to have to. We, we might have to be a bit agile in terms of. Uh, in terms of uh, how we cover topics, as the the world tends to change. I mean, it'll teach us to plan, won't it? It's not something we do very often. Well, no, but um, hopefully things aren't going to be aren't going to be this dramatic all the time so it will be easy to plan but we'll, there'll always be times to schedule things in and work things out um but um uh but yeah so um size just giving us a comment in there um saying it's it's terrible that you can opt out of the full register but still get added to party mailing list but you if you tell those parties though that you don't want to hear from them they have to by law not mail you so they have to not send you addressed information um so um the the question the, the the probably the wobbly thing then is you can also ask them to make sure that they you don't they don't put leaflets through your door which aren't addressed but that obviously isn't as foolproof as your address being physically removed from a database um when a mail merge is being done for yeah. some letters that's that obviously kind of works so yeah um it's going to be an interesting one but um Hmm. What well, all yes, things to yeah, play for? No, but yeah. just a shout out: if you are a political, ca if you are um, going to be a candidate in May's local elections, and would like to take part in one of our hustings, please do reach out to us. Either message us directly on Facebook, um, or send us an email to studio at pppodcast.uk. Um, and you can find any of those details actually on our website. Um, but please do get in touch because uh, we'd love to hear from you. And the sooner we can start getting things scheduled in for that, you'll be surprised how quickly it becomes the end of March and people are starting to panic. So uh, yep. please do um, please do reach out. We'd love to have you on board. And the more wards that we can cover, the, the better 
we think, for um, the chance for the voters of Portsmouth to get to hear what you've got to say. Yep. One year we'll do all fourteen and kill ourselves. It's uh, something to look forward to. We, we've got one. We've got one Portsmouth Independent and one Conservative who have already uh, uh, reached out. So, uh, so yeah. We, we, uh, but who knows who we might have before uh, before uh, before the end of March. So I think it would be appropriate to just end the show with a, a a thanks from you know ourselves on behalf of the people of Charles Dickens and you know the conservative it is it is not a glamorous job being a local councillor and um we i think you know from the podcast we'd like to thank cal for the work that he's done in that ward and for always being um open uh to us and and for giving us a, a different perspective and i think we both wish him well in whatever he chooses to do next indeed whatever that future might be um and as we say that the door's there um um, and, in, and indeed, from uh, from Councillor Smythe, if, if either of them want to want to uh, talk about it, then it will be um, it will be interesting, interesting to hear their views. And as hopefully anybody knows, we're not a point scoring kind of show. We're quite clear about what we, you know, where our support is. But the door's there and the microphone's there for anybody of any political party. Um, and we we like our guests to actually have a chance to say because we fundamentally believe that our audience want to hear them instead of us. Indeed. So on that bombshell, you've been listening to the Pompey Politics Podcast. I've been Ian Tiny Morris. And I've been Simon Sansbury. Join us next week at 6.27. <laughs>